Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Friday, November 5th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, it's Ahmed Rosario Day on the podcast. We've uh, we've come to the, the last day of the week, uh, the first week of our rundown and breakdown of the, the Cleveland 40-man roster heading into the 2022 season. Uh, we're looking at a different player each day on these podcasts, and uh, today, probably one of the more interesting guys to talk about based on his 2021 season, uh, Ahmed Rosario, who opened the year as uh, a, a guy basically without a, a real position and, and ended the year as one of the most important players in Cleveland's lineup. Yeah, just a great story with Ahmed Rosario, Joe. Uh, you know, he... <laughs> You know, he, he kind of raised his hand when he lost the shortstop job in spring training to uh, Andres Jimenez and uh, volunteered to play, to play center field. You know, he had that disastrous game <laughs> against the Angels where he made like, what, three errors, five, five unearned runs in, in the, first, the first three balls hit to him. Yeah, he hung those on Shane Bieber, by the way. Those were all, all those were hung on Shane Bieber, but go ahead. <laughs> That's right. And then, you know, he kind of got his feet under him and started playing well there. Uh, but in May with Jimenez, you know, struggled, uh, you know, uh, uh, Terry Francona made the move to put Rosario back at his natural position and shortstop. And the guy just took off, Joe. I mean, to me, he's one of the, you know, the best stories in baseball, and especially and certainly, you know, one of the, uh, you know, one of the, you know, the good things that happened to the, uh, to the Guardians this past season. Yeah, that's the the way he sort of turned things around after the first two months and really took off. You, you saw at, at the end of May when he, he settled in at the position, uh, June and July, he, he really after the all-star break is, is when the numbers got kind of ridiculous for him. The month of August for Ahmed Rosario was, was probably one of the better months that we've seen individual months for an individual Indians uh, player. Uh, that we've seen in, in the last several years, dating back to Jason Kipnis in, in uh, what, 2015, when he had that yeah. monster month of, uh, of May. Uh, that's the, the comparisons there. Uh, just numbers-wise, a 282 batting average for Rosario, 11 home runs, uh, 57 RBIs, 77 runs scored, and 13 stolen bases. I don't think 
I don't think he was uh, thrown out stealing at all this year. Yeah, he uh, went 13 it? for 13, yeah. Uh, you know, that's, uh, that's not bad, too. One of the things that sort of, uh, you know, really stands out is the way that he runs the bases and, and his aggressive uh, – and his, his speed there uh, running the bases really, really good. Uh, On-base percentage, 321. Uh, slugging percentage, 409 for a, uh, a 731 OPS, really just uh, all around. His OPS plus, because of the, um, because of the maybe, you know, on off, not necessarily playing in his position and, you know, not actually kind of struggling a little bit in, uh, in May and early, or April and early May, uh, his OPS plus was only 99, which is below league average of, of 100. But, you know, I think his OPS plus from, uh, you know, mid-May on was was well over 100. So, I mean, if you take out that first month of the season, he, he really did perform uh, better than league average at the plate. Yeah, Joe, I mean, you look at his uh, batting average by month, and you can really tell, you know, when he kind of just took off. He, he had 179 in, in March and April, 307 in May, 299 in June. 250 in July, then that in as August, we, the August month you were talking about, 372. Then he kind of settled back, you know, he kind of uh, slid back, hit 235 over September in September and October. Uh, you know, so, you know, he had, he had a great run in, in the second half, you know, after the All Star break, he had 309, um, you know, 37 runs, six homers, 32 RBIs. His slash line was 309, 457, and 796. So, you know, he, he really did a job for the Indians. And, and he played decent defense, too. And that was, you know, the knock on him that, you know, that he was, you know, he was going to, uh, that he, you know, he had, he, that was kind of the, the reputation he had earned with the Mets that he was, you know, a decent hitter, but, you know, kind of a disaster at shortstop. All right. Uh, looking at his contract uh, status, he will be second-year arbitration eligible uh, for uh, for Cleveland this year. Uh, baseball reference uh, – I'm sorry, not baseball. Uh, Major League Baseball MLB trade rumors has him at, what, 2.8 million, I, I believe, is the, the number that they have him uh, at for, for arbitration. Uh, certainly a, a deal if you can get him there for, for that much. Um, his earliest free agent uh, year would be two, uh, 2024. So Cleveland has control over him, tw- uh, you know, this upcoming season and in 2023. Uh, would they consider him for uh, a contract? You know, uh, maybe a two or three year deal. Would, would that be something they want to do? Or does the, the number of prospects that they have uh, you know, it, uh, middle infielders coming up, make him expendable beyond that. Yeah. You know, that's the only thing probably that would get in the way of that Joe, because they need a shortstop, you know, they, they, you know, they, you know, they, you lose Lindor, you trade Lindor, you know, this is the guy you get back. He, t- he turns in a seat, you know, an offensive season that was better than Lindor. Uh, so, you know, that, that, that should get your attention. Uh, you know, Chris Antonetti said that, uh, you know, unless something drastic changes over the winter, he's going to be the, you know, he'll be the number one guy in line at shortstop when spring training opens in Goodyear in, in uh, February. Uh, so, yeah, I think he's a guy you would consider, but, you know, 
like you said, you, you've got all these, these middle infielders lined up and you got to do something with them. So, you know, that, that might, that might hurt, you know, that might stop uh, the Indians from offering Rosario a multi-year deal. Well, yeah. And then I look up and, uh, you know, every other night I'm seeing Brian Rocchio in the, uh, the Venezuelan winter league right now. I think he's, he's slugging something like eight forty six uh, with with six extra base hits over his first seven games in the Venezuelan winter league. And obviously that's not the major leagues, but you know, that's a 20 year old kid who's looks like he could be your, your future shortstop uh, in the pipeline at some point. Um, as far as Rosario goes though, uh, the expectations for him in, in 2022, like we're talking about if, if, Antonetti says, you know, he's got to be a guy who gets, you know, consideration for uh, the starting job at shortstop. It, 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 do you expect to see him play 150 games there at short? Yeah, I would expect to see him play it. You know, yeah, definitely. I, I would expect him to be the number one guy unless <clears throat> they make a move during the winter where, uh, you know, that he's involved in or, you know, he has to change positions. But you know, I would think he's he's the starting shortstop. Uh, you know, on March thirty first, when they open the season. Oh, well, what we don't expect to see next year is Ahmed Rosario in uh, center field or left field. Correct? Yeah, right. Let's hope not. Let's for Rosario's sake and in our sake as well. Well, but just th- that that experiment seems to be over, though, right? I, I, I just the. We talked about how the, the, the disastrous games in, in spring training and all that. Uh, now would be the time if they were thinking about making him, you know, versatile and flexible and, and able to play that position. Uh, now would be the time for them to be working on that. And it really doesn't sound like that's going to be the case. That's a great point, Joe. I mean, if they're, if they're going to move him, uh, let's say to second base, maybe, he, you know, he could go to winter ball and start playing there, start making that move. Uh, or move him back to the outfield, he could do that as well. But, you know, you've got Miles Straw in center field, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, kind of it's unsettled in the, on the corners, I guess you could say, left and right field, uh, you know, depending what, what moves they make. But, uh, you know, I think he goes to camp as a shortstop and uh, should, should you know, he's done enough to open the season there. Right. Uh what does he do well? I guess we, we've sort of been over some of that, but uh, the, the way that he fit in when they put him in that number two spot in the batting order uh, and eventually when Straw came in and solidified the leadoff spot, and really with, with Cesar Hernandez there uh, throughout most of the season and then when Straw came in and replaced him, when they had a, a solid leadoff guy, Rosario batting second and Jose Ramirez behind him, uh, Rosario saw more fastballs and, and he killed fastballs this past season. Uh, that, that top four in the lineup really does seem pretty solid if, if he does come back and, and, you know, slots in there. Yeah. And the thing you, you like about Rosario is when, when he gets hot in the game, he stays hot. He had what, six, four hit games this mm-hmm. past season. I mean, the guy was on fire. I mean, okay. He's not hitting the ball out of the park, but he's, t- he's setting the table for, Jose Ramirez and, and uh, Fran Mel Reyes. And, you know, he's, he's driving uh, miles straw from first to third or, you know, second to home. Uh, You know, he's, he's a good action player in that, in that number two spot for sure. Yeah. It it sort of reminded me. And there were times when I was feeling 
scenarios like the the 95 season uh you know rosario could hit behind a runner who got on base he he was good at taking the ball to to right field and uh you know if if straw gets on base and steals second rosario moves him over to third base and uh you know, with a, a a ground ball or a line drive to the right side, and and Jose Ramirez brings him home with uh, a a ground out, uh, a sack fly, or a, a line drive base hit. I, that that was the formula back in '95 with Kenny Lofton, uh, Omar Vizquel, and, and Carlos Baerga. Yeah, that was uh, those guys were fun to watch, and uh, Vizquel was excellent at that. And and of course, Kenny, you know, could run like the wind. And then you had Bayerga hitting in the third spot who could, you know, hit for average, hit for power, you know, and, and really be, a, and then Albert Bell behind those guys. So, you know, that was, that was a lineup to remember for sure. Right. And, and I'm not saying that this lineup is, is like that. I'm just saying I, there were, you know, echoes and, and feelings and, you know, I could, I could just sort of see, Hey, that's, that's how that used to work out back then uh, when those guys would, would perform that way. And it, it's still there. there. There's potential for that. And, and Rosario would be a key to that. Uh, I think he probably strikes out a little bit more than Omar used to. Uh, Omar was a little bit better at putting the bat on the ball and yeah. uh, putting the, and, and, you know, putting the ball in play. But again, Rosario will hit balls. I think his, his exit velocity uh, and his ability to hit line drives was, you know, a lot better than anybody we had really seen in that number two hole, uh, you know, up to that point. Yeah. And Rosario, you know, hit with runners in scoring position too, Joe, he had three seventeen. you know, for the season. Uh, you know, so he was, he was clutch too. And uh, you know, so that's important in that number two spot. And especially if the guys at the bottom of the order are getting on base and, you know, and straw too. straw had, you know, had, had showed the ability to, you know, with the, with a decent uh, on base percentage. Uh what, where can Rosario improve? Obviously, a lot of that is going to come on the defensive side. Uh, and we got so used to seeing Lindor play shortstop for so long for, for Cleveland. Uh, and, and the routine plays became so easy to, to watch. And, you know, then he would turn in spectacular plays. Uh, defense is an area where Rosario is constantly going to have to work to improve and to stay sharp. It's not like it comes natural to him like it did Lindor. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, you know, we saw him get a little better in the second half, I thought. You know, he said he changed his stance, changed his setup. He got a little more upright. So, uh, you know, he was crouched down too low, and that kind of hurt his, uh, you know, his ability to go to his left and his right. So he stood up a little straighter. You know, he's taller than most shortstops, to me, at least. You know, I mean, compared to Lindor, he's tall. So uh, I think that helped him. And, you know, he's so athletic, Joe, that, you know, I think he makes up for maybe a slow start or, you know, a step in the wrong direction that he can make up for that with his speed. Uh, the thing, you know, you know, offensively against right-handers, you know, he only drew 19, 19 walks last year. So I think, you know, that's, that's a place where he could improve, you know, just, uh, you know, improve that on-base percentage, cut down on his strikeouts, and uh, just you try to get on base a little more. But, you know, when he swings a bat, you know, you like him swinging the bat, I guess. So, you know, there's a, you know, a kind of give and take there. But I think he could, 
you know, at times, you know, he's, he's vulnerable to the strikeout. Right. And, you know, that's, again, if the Guardians want to move forward uh, as and, and bring up a, a younger player or, you know, move forward with anything in the future in terms of what, where the position profiles, uh, you know, Rosario, you know what you've got with him with a younger guy like a Rokio or a Tyler Freeman or anybody else that you would bring along, it, it, you're going to get a lot of strikeouts <laughs> it, it, for if you call up a young guy anyway. So, so why not just go with the, the guy who, you know, at least can, can hit 319 with runners in scoring position. Yeah. You know, and that, that's part of his game. I think, you know, some guys just strike out and uh, but when, when you can compensate that with speed you know, the ability to make contact, to hit for average, uh, you know, you, you, there has to be a counterbalance. So you can live with that. But if a guy, you know, if, 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 if your shortstop is, is striking out, you know, 120 times a year and, and hitting 220, you know, he better be, you know, a gold glove. He better have like a gold glove on each, each hand if he's going to be your everyday guy, and, and especially in this era of baseball. Right. Uh, it, you don't want the guy who can, you know, drive in a run, but cost you two, I think, uh, each game, that would be, uh, you know, less than ideal. Uh, we've sort of alluded to this, uh, over the last, you know, 10, 15 minutes here, but where he fits in the future, we've talked about the, the young guys that are, are in the pipeline behind him, but, but really, is there a, a chance that the Indians could be looking at, uh, you know, some sort of contract, maybe extension buy up the, the last year of his arbitration eligibility and maybe, uh, maybe have options there, a team option at, at some point. I, I would think they, they kick the tires on this guy. Definitely. He, you know, he's certainly, you know, he's fit into the, uh, the clubhouse. Well, he's fit into their, um, uh, I think their culture, the Indian, the guardians culture, you know, he showed the ability and the willingness to change positions when, he didn't win, you know, he, the, the shortstop job went to uh, Jimenez in spring training. So, you know, I think those all play into, uh, you know, the, the things uh, the guardians and the front office look for uh, the question. Yeah, and, and does he want to, you know, I, I think he's happy here. I think he's, he seems to be, he's, he's out of that bright spotlight in, in New York with the Mets, you know, and that kind of, it looked like that kind of wore on him a little bit. And I'm sure Francisco Lindor is finding that out or found that out this past season. That's not the easiest place to play. Maybe, maybe Cleveland, you know, is, is, is the kind of place where, where uh, Rosario wants to put down roots and maybe the Indians, you know, can, can look at that. But the, the, the big factor is Joe, they've got a ton of middle infielders and what are they going to do with these guys? I mean, that, that works as a counterbalance here. And do they trade these guys or are, are they eventually all going to end up playing in the big leagues here in Cleveland. At, at one time, Rosario was regarded as a, a top prospect, not just in an organization, but in all of baseball. He was, he was one of those guys. He was a, you know, the, the way that they talked about Wander Franco for the last couple of years. He was that guy who was always coming, who would be, you know, the, the savior of the Mets franchise or whatever. And, and at, at times he did perform that way early on. But uh, I think they just sort of lost patience with him. Shocking, the Mets losing patience with a player or, or something. You know? uh, here in Cleveland, where sort of you're coming in behind the guy who was the man 
and and those expectations weren't as sort of directly on him uh, maybe he did feel a little more relaxed and 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 uh you know plus don't don't discount and don't discredit uh he's playing in a in a clubhouse full of uh dominican players you know you got ramirez you've got uh Ramil reyes and emmanuel classe these are all you know his countrymen these are people he's very comfortable around and and cleveland does a really good job of accommodating uh their their latin players i I can absolutely see why he would be more comfortable here than uh, in New York, but you know, that's, that's just because I hate, I hate everything about New York. Eh, whatever. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I would not be opposed to, uh, to seeing uh, some sort of a med Rosario contract come through. But again, we don't know what the, what the financial situation is. We, they, they said they want to, increase their spending and their um their payroll maybe this is one way they said in investing internally maybe this is one way that they invest in, in that is is throw a little money ahmed rosario's way it's certainly certainly not the the way that everybody would expect or want them to right you, you want you want to see a, a jose ramirez extension yeah. or a shane bieber extension I, i'll take an ahmed rosario extension that that it doesn't you know move the needle for me but it it's something yeah, you know, and they these guys act in, uh, you know, like like in the free agents free agency and trade in the trade situations, they cast a wide net. I remember, you know, like uh, when when they did when they were signing uh, players to multi year deals. All of a sudden, you know, Roberto Perez signs a, a multi year deal at the end of spring training. Uh, Jan Gomes signs a multi year deal at the end of spring training. Uh, even even Ramirez at that year, I think, was the same year he signed a multi-year deal, and you didn't see those coming. You know, those were you know kind of like they had tried to other guys, but these were the guys that bid on it, that that wanted to do that, that that wanted that security. So th- th- there there could be something coming out of left field. All right, uh, all right, that that sort of wraps up Ahmed Rosario. Uh, uh, on a whole, what, what what grade did you give him this year? I I, I believe. I think I gave him a B plus or an A, close B plus to an or a, a or a B plus. Well, well, we've already established that the <laughs> that um, that Paul Hoynes, as opposed to you know the other educators in his family, uh, would be the easiest grader of all time. But uh, yeah, I, I would say a, a high B would be a good uh, a good call for for uh, Rosario based on you know what he could have potentially been uh, this this past year. Uh, looking forward to that. All right. We will check in again next week. We'll do uh, another week long uh, series of looks at uh, players on Cleveland's 40 man roster heading into the 2022 season. Uh, Hoinsey, we'll talk to you then. All right, Joe. 